Hey guys. Hey everybody. Welcome to Mountain Meditations. So, this is season one, episode one. This is the very beginning. Dev Men Talking. I'm Dev Man Walking, one of your hosts. I am White. And his name is Chris. Yes, both of those things. So, today we're going to talk about Melee. So, Super Smash Brothers Melee for the Nintendo GameCube. First, we're going to start by introducing Melee. Melee is a it's a video game that people take very seriously. Way too seriously sometimes. Uh, absolutely. Myself included. Yeah. And we're all guilty of that at some point because it's a very addicting game and we'll go into like talking about the aspects aspects of that and like why that happens. But um especially in like young males like 20 years old and older. Um, oh yeah. The game is supposed to be a party brawler. Like, it's supposed to be a party game. You're supposed to sit around with your friends. You're supposed to be, like, you know, chilling. Uh, you got the GameCube. You know, you're ready to play. And you're all plugged in. You've got the items turned on. Like, you know, you're throwing uh, bombs at each other. And you're just, like, you got the, the little sword, the beam sword. And, you know, that's the way that this game was meant to be played by the creator, creator whose name is Sakurai. Yeah, so Melee was released in 2001, around 17 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and ever since, around when it was first started, people, you know, they wanted to see who was better at Melee, who was the best at Melee, which region or state had the best players. So some tournaments popped up, and most of them were pretty casual, fun things to do. There wasn't a lot of money behind it. And it slowly evolved into this thing where we have a very stringent rule set about what can and can't be done. We have a stringent rule set about what stages can and can't be picked. We don't have any rules about what characters you can pick, which is really good. Uh, we have rules on items. We have rules on a lot of things. And more than that, we have money behind it. Yeah, which, which is a pretty big deal. And we have people that are making careers off of this. We have literal celebrities coming from a video game. And that's a, that's a bit of a weird concept for some people, especially those that aren't really interested in like professional gaming. But that is a very real thing. There are people that are verified on Twitter. There are people that... Uh, Leffen, for example, was on a news show in California once. We'll probably talk about Leffen a lot. We have a documentary, okay? Like, that's a thing. And it's like nine episodes, like a full documentary talking about the game, about the players, you know, like the origins, things like that. So this is a pretty big deal. And, Check uh, it out if you want to. It's on YouTube. It's really well shot, really well written. Yeah, it's done by uh, Sam Ox. So, um, so what what we could first talk about, I guess, is like why are so many people interested in the game? And I think that part of that is like boiling down to characters. And like, I think young men in general, especially, are. And I have a study here that I brought up, done from uh, Stanford University, talking about how. Um, Women respond less favorably to competition than men, and I'm thinking that, like, that's probably why, like, Melee is such a thing, because it's it's such a, it's a battle of, like, like characters, it's a battle of people, it's a battle of play styles, it's like, I'm sitting down with you, and, like, we're gonna fight, and, you know, one of us is going to win, and I'm gonna be, you know, the better, I'm gonna come out on top, and, like, that's the whole goal of it, and that's the appeal of it. So, um, 
And, and it's also very like safe. Not only is it cheap, which is something that we should talk about. Uh, Melee is probably one of the cheaper um, professional like games in general, not just, um, you know, because even if we talk about sports, if we talk about like card games like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, you have to get you have to be keeping up with um, monetary, you know, economic funds because you have to be keeping up with the meta and things are changing constantly like within months in Yu-Gi-Oh! especially because I used to be interested in the um, in the competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! scene. It gets very intense in that you have to have the right deck, you know, at the right time in order for you to be even competitive at all. So Melee is different from that in that you can you can just buy, you can have Melee the game, you can have a Nintendo GameCube, and you can have a controller and, like, of course, a TV. And... You're ready to go. And that's all you ever need. Like, you don't need to upgrade ever with Melee. You're not... There aren't new characters coming out that you have to download. Stuff like that. Like, it's always going to be the same, which is sort of similar to the way, like... You know, something like chess or something like that, where it's like... Nothing's going to change. And I think that's comforting to a lot of people. Right. And even... While Melee can inspire these macro-level relations, we have huge tournaments like the Big House and Evo and Super Smash God, where a lot of people get together and a lot of people play the game. It can also inspire these micro-level relationships, interpersonal or small groups of people. Uh, for example, me and Chris met through competition. Yeah. Uh, at the gaming club at Appalachian State, which is where we both went to college, mm -hmm. we met playing Melee. I actually, it was Chris, Andrew, and Hayden. And Andrew and Hayden were playing a game of Melee, and I bet a dollar that Hayden would win. He did win, and that's how I met all the guys. <laughs> and ever s I went back to uh, their dorm room with them, which is never a good idea, and <laughs> we, we met, we all played Melee together, we had a good time together. Yeah. And it, cons it, cons uh, it was mostly the competition that drove us, because they, we'd text each other, we'd be in the group chat, we'd be like, well, let's go play Melee. And I'd go up to see my friends, but what I, I really wanted to beat him. It's like today I want to beat Chris. I want to solidly like take games off him, two mm -hmm. stock and three stock him. I wanted to beat Andrew. I wanted to beat John Bolton. I already did beat Hayden, but that's beside the <laughs> So it can, it, it has a lot of impact on young people's lives in the sense that it can bring these people together. I played soccer in high school. I played at a fairly high level. I played for the four A division in high school. I played for the challenge level division in club. I've been competitive uh, at soccer since I was five years old. I probably played for about 13 years. I very nearly destroyed my ankles, my knees, and my hips doing it. And it was worth it. And honestly, like I've invested a lot of time into Melee. I've invested a lot of money into Melee. I have to pay in to go to tournaments, paying for gas to go to tournaments. I went to Super Smash Con recently, and that was one of the most expensive trips that I've ever taken that I actually paid for. It was probably a little over uh, four or $500 when I think about it, mm. just in the tickets, the hotel, the gas, the food. It was pretty expensive. Yeah. And honestly, that was, that was worth it, too, because I went to Super Smash Con. I talked to a girl, which <laughs> does not happen often for me. Um. I got I got destroyed in brackets. <laughs> I had ice climbers, the pool. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about 
was the micro and the macro relationships in Melee. So we have a lot of big tournaments. We have a lot of small tournaments. Uh, you can accept that premise. Now in South Carolina, the scene that I'm in, we don't have the biggest tournaments. We'll have a couple uh, decently big regional tournaments. Like we had Heart of the South last year, and that was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Red came down for that one. K-Pan came down for that one. That was a lot of fun. Uh, there was Clash of the Carolinas, which actually happened in North Carolina that had 90 players. And then you have Super Smash Con, which had a couple hundred players. Now you can compare that to our last uh, local, which had seven players. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about was the derivation between locals, monthlies, regionals, and majors. And like, which can help the scene the most? Uh, and the first thing to do is like define what I mean by help the scene. You can uh, you can put that a lot of different ways, and I think all of them help the scene in different ways. So a big tournament like the Big House and Evo, that's obviously got the most reach. It's going to be popular on Twitch. People are going to talk about it on Reddit and Twitter. I remember when Royal Flush happened, Mango was a trending topic on Twitter, at least on my end. I don't know if it was a global thing or just suited for me. And then you've got Clash the Carolinas which had 90 players. Uh, the highest place in South Carolina player was Davis Nix. And uh, the main uh, statement that came out from that is that South Carolina sucks, except for Nix. <laughs> and everybody agrees with that. Nix is very, very good player. And then we've got Melee singles at Pulp Central Gaming number 15. Happened September 11th, seventh players. I got fifth. Nice. That's what I'm, I'm talking to, about. <laughs> losing to Super Sponge and Duct Tape, who I have beaten in the past and did not beat this time. It happens. So uh, the first encounter that I had with the Melee community was the App State Gaming Club mm-hmm. and the people that played Melee within that. We went to the one of the multi-purpose rooms in the Mountaineer Hall that night that I met Chris. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got pooped on. Yeah, That was the first time that I ever played Melee. I started playing Melee to make friends. I didn't know anybody at college, and I played Smash 4, and I was pretty good at Smash 4, and I thought, if I play Smash 4, and I play Melee, and I'm good, then people want to play with me, and I will make friends. Yeah, that's everything's the, gonna, that's the thing. And everything's going to work out. I remember you talking about that. Like You were saying that part of like the biggest reason why you joined is because you you wanted to like make friends like that was that was part of why you joined and that was like a big deal to you is that like playing with these other people you know of similar age like people that have similar interests it it really it does really bring people together and for a lot of people especially gamers in general like this is a very broad stereotype and I'm not saying this about all of them but it does happen that a lot of Gamers are very socially awkward, and it's hard for them to make friends because they're more of loner types. You know, they they don't really have similar interests to a lot of other people. They would, they, you know, it, it, it happens. But um, that's something that can, like, bring people together is that they come together and say, hey, you like this game too. That's cool. We should play together often. And that's what happened with me and Tristan and the whole gang. Yeah, I definitely got into it to play friends. My running gag was, like, a, I saw this thing for a reality TV show. There's always some sassy girl that's like, oh, I'm not here to make friends. And I would always <laughs> pop and be like, but I am. <laughs> that's what I'm here. Does anybody want to? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it worked. 
I won't say it didn't work. I've actually made friends through Melee, good friends. I'm pretty sure that most of the people that play Melee can attest to that. Like, even, yeah. even if you don't, like, become a competitive player, even if you're like me and you're not quite good enough to cut it to be one of the upper echelon players, you could still make a lot of friends. Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in South Carolina that I would never have known if I didn't play Melee. Yeah. I met a lot of people that I probably never would have met if yeah. I didn't play Melee and Boone. Mm-hmm. Would you have met Tyler no. if you hadn't played? Yeah. I never Tyler. would have talked to any of, or like 90% of the friends I made in college yeah. if it Tyler wasn't for I, this game. Big Truck and I, he's another <laughs> Melee player. He's a Marth. He's a very good Marth. We are the same age. We came in the same year, the same semester. We're taking the same major. And the residence door, the freshman dorms that we lived in were right next to each other. We could not be more different, Tyler and I. That is I mean, true. I can attest to that. We we could not be more different. But now we're big chilling. Yeah. We're homies because of melee. <laughs> and on the one hand, I think that micro level uh interactions that melee causes, locals, uh, I think those are very conducive to making those interpersonal relationships. Yeah. I think they're very conducive. I think the big tournaments are as well, but I think the locals can produce those kind of relationships with a greater deal of efficiency. Here's uh, here's the thing is that part of it is that you have to interact with your um, opponent. Like when you sit down, you have to talk. Like you can't just start the game because part of what Tristan mentioned earlier is the um, stage selection. That is something that like forces – and character selection. It forces people to have to interact with each other. Part of this is decided by um, rock, paper, scissors, first of all, to decide who gets to ban um, stages first, and which is all – it's somewhat complicated, but once you learn it, it's, like, pretty easy to pick up. Um, but part of that is, like, you're playing rock, paper, scissors with your opponent. You're looking into, your, your, you know, their face. And it's, like, it's hard to be serious about, you know. So there's a little bit of, like, camaraderie there. Like, oh, you know, like, whatever. I, how I beat you at rock, paper, scissors, you know. And, like, so there's some laughing there, you know. There's It brings people closer together rather than just, like a game where you never even see your opponent sometimes if you play online a lot, you know, stuff like that. Like, you have to be, um, well, not with the um, creation of net play, you don't have to be, but in um, in a general sense, to go to a tournament, like, you have to be sitting next to your opponent. You have to, you know, a lot of people shake hands at the end of the uh, set. So, like, part of that goes along with what you're saying, like, the micro, you know, Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, Here's my tag. That, this is the character I play. That brings up two things that I'd like to talk about. I remember when I first uh, moved to South Carolina. I was born in South Carolina, raised in South Carolina. I moved to Boone, and I had to leave due to money reasons. I left App State. I would probably be returning. And uh, when I first moved back to South Carolina, didn't know anybody. I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Uh, well, I broke up with her shortly after I moved to South Carolina, Uh, I didn't know anybody from high school, and I didn't want to talk to them. But I knew I had Melee, and I I started going to locals at Ready to Play, which was a card shop that had held Melee locals. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to meet everybody. And I realized that, like, everybody, everybody in South Carolina already knew each other. Mm -hmm. And that that made it kind of hard to break into it. And I was kind of wondering, like, how can I, you know, uh, break into it, talk to people, talk about stuff like that I like, like melee and lifting and stuff like that. And what I started doing was I started introducing myself better. Uh, So I hate playing rock, paper, scissors. I absolutely (laughs) hate it. 
and I never, I always let my opponent ban first. And that came off as kind of weird and pretentious when I first started playing Melee. So what I started doing when I went to locals is if I played somebody that I never played before, or if I hadn't done this before to them, I would ask them what their name was. And they would usually tell me their tag. And I'd say, know your real name. And they'd say, oh, my name's this. And I'd say, my name is Tristan. It's nice to meet you. And I'd shake their, I'd look them in the eye, I'd shake their hand. And then after the set, I'd make a point to like tell them something like, that was a good set. You played really well. That was a good set. You're really technical. That was a good set. You're really smart. I made a point to do that. And that helped me a lot to like socialize. I started meeting people and people didn't know me as that weird Yoshi that goes two and two and doesn't talk too much and leaves right after he gets bopped out and doesn't play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> now I'm that weird Yoshi that's very polite. And uh, which, which works. Like, take it from me. If you want to make friends in the Melee community, the best thing that you can be is good at the game. But if you're like me and you can't do that, the second best thing that you can be is polite. Because if you're good at the game, people will want to play with you yes. because you're good. Right. People want to play with you because playing with you will make them better. But if you're unpleasant to be around, you will have to be very, very good for people to put up with you. And it's proportional. The better you are, the more people are willing to put up with you. But if you're a genuinely nice person who's polite, you smell good, you're nice to people, people will have no problem playing with you. And you can always get good. You can get good on your own. And that's where Netplay comes in. Netplay offers an unprecedented opportunity to practice against a lot of different people. I play Netplay pretty often. You will probably see me on most given days in the Anthers Ladder thing. Not really chatting because I don't really like uh, talking on the internet too much. But uh, I am on Netplay a lot. And I haven't really met people through Netplay uh, I don't want to. I guess Netplay, with the advent of anonymity, people are a little more rude on Netplay. Although, I have a f between Netplay and other online games that I played, I was really into League of Legends for a while. I was really into Street Fighter V for a while. I was really into Tekken 7 for a while. Between Netplay and those, people on Netplay are much nicer, much more polite. I think a lot of it is because... It's hard to justify being a netplay warrior without actually going to tournaments. Because you can be as good as you want on netplay. You can be the highest rank on netplay. And if you don't go to tournaments, nobody will care. That's true. Well, some people will care. Yeah. Very few people will care. But most people will agree that netplay is not a great representation of your skill in game. Because I have lost to silver three players and beaten, them, and beaten platinum one players. It's not a great representation of your skill. But, but you can kind of draw like some archetypes. I know that silver players and bronze players aren't as good as gold players and platinum players, typically. And I know that uh, silver player, like silver Falco players, for example, they tend to go in a lot more. Gold Falco players, they tend to laser a little more and be a little more safe. Platinum Falco players, they just tend to beat me. Um... And it, I'm not sure right now, actually, whether Netplay inspires micro or macro level transactions. Because on the micro level, I play Netplay against people that I know. I played against Kapashi, who's a very good South Carolina player. I played against Starlord, who's a very good South Carolina player. And we talk about stuff on Netplay and do this, that, the next thing. We'll give each other advice. And I've also played against, a, but I played against a lot more different people. You've got Michael 41 billion who's a very, very good player. I believe he's from Chicago. He's one of the highest-ranked netplay players. 
and he actually is extremely good. It's not just net play warrior. Michael 41 billion is a very good Jigglypuff who can go very far in a bracket. Now, I don't know how much net play hinders him or helps him in his development as a player, but I do know that he, it's very obvious you can get good on net play. You can get good on net play. People are willing to play you on net play because there's a lot of different skill levels. Uh, I'm hovering around gold two right now. I don't know what the average uh, net play rank is. I'd say it's probably around silver, maybe gold three. I see silvers for the most part. But on net play, people want to play with you. And on, at locals, people want to play with you because there's always going to be somebody that gets out early, that gets knocked out. You don't get seated very well. You hit a couple big players. Some There's a big upset. You meet somebody good and losers. That happens. People want to play with you as long as you're polite, you're not super bad. Even if you are super bad, people still probably want to play with you. Yeah. I One thing that you just brought up that I, I think is a huge part of the community is the internet. So we have like, we have smash boards, you know, we have like online forums, we have the smash bros, uh, subreddit, which isn't really much centered around melee anymore, but there is a melee subreddit also. Um, and so you, and when we mentioned the documentary, like in 2013, that documentary converted a lot of people to becoming serious about Melee. I, I know so many people who are post-documentary players. And there's a reason for that, is that they watched it. And the thing that is very important about the documentary is it focuses on the characters. And I'm not talking about characters in the game. I'm talking about the characters outside of the game. So we focus on identity. I think that's something that's very beautiful about Melee in general. And it's something I enjoyed about Tennis as well is that the the media in general for these specific, you know, for Melee, it focuses on the players. So when you talk about the players, like you mentioned Armada, like you mentioned um, Mango, you mentioned, you know, Leffen, you, a specific brand comes to mind. You know, you talk about branding, you, you think of like the their personality, what they represent was the first thing that comes into your mind when you think of these players. And so I think that's, something that has totally increased the popularity of this game is the fact that you can watch Mango's stream, you can see his personality, you know, they he wasn't depicted in a very good light at some points in the documentary, but he was also something, he's very charismatic. Like you, most people do like Mango because he's just, he's a funny guy. And then you have like Armada, you, had, you know, he's a little more serious. Seems, you know, very nice guy. I've never met him. Um, I've never, you know, I never shook his hand, anything like that. But the, the personality that is represented is someone who's a little more analytical, someone who's a little more reserved, but is, you know, amazing at the game. And then you have Leffen, who was, you know, at one point the villain, you know, like like a sort of anime villain where he was you know, sort of edgy and he, you know, evidence.zip where you had people calling him out for, you know, being rude to other players, things like that. And then now he's sort of turned over a new leaf, but he can still be, you know, forgive the term, a savage. I hate to say it, but he can still be, you know, that kind of guy. Like he, he will still call people out. Um, very controversial sometimes. And that's what makes it fun is the fact that these characters exist, not even like, and then, I haven't even gotten into like 
characters in the game. Like that's that's what's so fun about this. These characters are ones that like you've played in other games. Like you have Mario in the game. Like everyone knows who Mario is, you know? And like you have Bowser, you have Ganondorf, you have like Link. So any any of the Nintendo games that you've played, like you can look at that and be like, oh wow, that's in here. So I want to play. Like the first character that I think I ever like really got into was Luigi because I always identify with Luigi like he's a little more quiet you know he's kind of like the the reserved um Mario brother and so I, I I just like I associated myself with him and that's part of the game is like representing your personality through first of all your play style second of all your character choice and you know even just the way that you act, as Tristan was talking about, like being polite, you know, things like that. Like you are choosing, that's what this game to me is about is identity, you know, down to the very core is you get the freedom of choice. You get to choose how you represent yourself in so many vastly different ways. And I think that's what's very beautiful about it. And when we're talking about the Internet, that is something that also happens is that, you know, we have Twitter, you can see their personalities like instantly, like everyone's talking constantly. And so you get this constant rush of information coming from all of these players. You get to stay updated with it. And I think that's that's something I don't think I 100 percent know, actually, that Melee would not be as strong if it weren't for the online community, the documentary, things like that. Okay. I used the wrong term there. Strong was the wrong term. It would not be as big. because I agree 100%. Yeah. I think that the online community brings a lot more macro-level interactions. Yes. Through Twitter, through stream, you get a lot of macro-level interactions. That's Mango interacted with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that micro and macro-level interactions are really important for the development, the growth of this community. Off the top of my head, I'd say micro-interactions are more important because... I don't think I'd be as inspired to play Melee and as inspired to go to big tournaments if I didn't have friends to go with. Yeah. I went to Super Smash Con 2018 because I had friends to share a hotel room with, and that's pretty much the only reason. I wanted to go. I wanted to play Melee. The only reason I could was because of those micro-level relationships. Right. Now, that's the last thing that I wanted to really mention. Yeah. We can switch the topics now if you want. Okay. Yeah, we have been talking about this for a while. But yeah, so... Yeah, so Melee's so a big that, deal, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the introduction. And now the rest of the podcast. Um, (laughs) So, speaking of big players, Banco, Leffen, Armada, here's something that me and Chris had a a conversation about. Which player's fan base has the best players, and why is it Armada? (laughs) So, here's the thing about Armada. Armada is the best player that's ever touched a controller, in my opinion. I model my playstyle after Armada, Armada is more important to my life than Obama. Um, he's had more impact. Armada, Armada influenced every way I play Melee. All Obama did was made me lose my health insurance. But that's beside the point. Tristan has a picture of Armada next to his bed, by the way, just to get the Armada's, mental image here. Armada's our 44th president, as far as I'm concerned. So I think that... Uh, the way that a player plays can influence the people that like him. Armada plays Peach and Fox. He plays Fox for the Jigglypuff matchup mm-hmm. and for matchups where his Peach just doesn't work. He's a very 
I don't care about playing. He's he does not care about playing lame for the most part. He cares about playing correctly. Right. He cares about winning. He cares about working hard. He's an anime protagonist, <laughs> and I think that draws people like that because that's the way I feel it is. Chris and I have had uh, pretty long debates on like natural talent yeah. versus developed skill. I think that natural talent for the most part isn't even a factor in most competition. And I disagree. I think it comes down, uh, which is, <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's another thing that about the natural talent versus skill. Both Chris and I thought Scar wasn't good. I think we have to hold that L. Because <laughs> if you watch the Scar versus, okay, Scar versus Fendi, yeah, Scar's good. I'll I'll hold that. But, I will. But it's also Fendrick Lamar. Like that's the thing. Another thing about this game. Fendrick is- Lamar's good too. <laughs> are you? What are you talking about? But come on. It's like when you actually watch Scar play against maybe like someone that's a little more solid. You know. Fendrick Lamar is. Fendrick Lamar beat Toaf. He was ranked in MDV at one beaten point. Toaf. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Tove is good. You just have to play Ice Climbers you can beat Tove. Uh, well, neither of them were playing Ice Climbers. Ice Climbers are, st- ice climbers are okay. a stupid character. Now, wait a minute. Oh, What's I that? won neutral four times. No, Look, whoa, guys, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm so good. We're getting off topic here. We, we were keeping All this right. very professional until now. <laughs> All right. I'll hold that L. You cannot hold it if you want it. I'm and everybody will I'm know. I'm not even picking it up. I'm just leaving it. There. Everybody, everybody will know that I'm more intellectually honest. Back to the. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so I think that the way a player plays inspires their fan base. Armada is going to inspire, work hard, yeah, be the best, play correctly. Yeah. Leffen, I think plays in a very similar way. Mango. Uh, lay style XD, PPMD, look, guys, my neutral is good. I shot two lasers. <laughs> Hungry box, I am going to play that the way I want, and you can suck a fat one. Uh, plump movement LMAO. Yeah, platforms especially. Platforms. Uh, what do you think, Chris? So I was thinking, so you, the first thing you said was Armada is the best. One thing I want to say, as a Mango fan, we are the worst, and we're always going to be the worst, (laughs) is because something that Mango does that his fans cannot do is the fact that Mango has played the game for so long and has such a good memory and absorbs everything that, like, that he does. He knows these little interactions that are going on in the game, you know? Like, he knows if he does a specific thing that this is going to happen, you know? And so that's something that a lot of us, his fans, do not have experience with. We think that we know, and then we try to do it, and it doesn't work out. So what comes across to most people as Mango just, like, just, like, throwing his controller around, just, like, pressing buttons, and, like, things are happening. And, you know, they say, wow, he's so aggressive, you know, wow, he... You know, he's, what's like, experimental. He's, you know, and it, it, it's things like that where to us it looks that way. But to him, in my opinion, you know, and I, I think this is a safe statement to make, that Mango knows exactly what he's doing. He's done it before. That's the thing. Like, when he side Bs to, you know, um, meteor spike somebody with Falco, He's done that a million times against Lucky, like w- when they've been playing, and everyone like flips out because, of course, it's really cool, and no one ever does that, you know. I mean, not no one, but not many people at the top level do things like that. 
because it shows a sort of like a carelessness, you know, but I don't think it's fair for people like especially his fans who are sitting there like, hey, like I can do that. You know, I don't care about stocks. And then they start like they don't think. And I think that's the problem. I think Mango does think. But he's also like just really good at the game. We can't pull that off. Like, and that's why I think Mango fans are the worst players. Yeah, I think that uh, Mango has one of the more misrepresented uh, images about his play style. You talk to people about Mango, they will. You talk to <laughs> you talk to people that aren't very good about Mango, and they'll say <laughs> Mango plays aggressive mango is a risk taker i love that word aggressive (laughs) everyone says it and they're and they're right he does play aggressive but they don't understand why mango is aggressive or in what way he is aggressive right he's aggressive with his movement he's aggressive with his pressure he aggressively tries to make the opponent make mistakes when a new player thinks aggressive they think run at them (laughs) use an aerial and hope it works out me Mango doesn't. Mango doesn't do. Why don't you just tag me next time? <laughs> just at me, bro. Yeah. Do you remember that time at Badman Rising Two where you didn't practice for several months and then you made it out of pools? Okay. And I went one and two. Anyway. Even though I. So, uh, that's it's like a lot of people they have this weird misrepresentation of like what pl- well, the way they play in melee because yeah they'll say like yeah i like to play pretty aggressively it's high risk high reward it's like you're not playing aggressively you're playing stupid right you, you're uh, just making bad decisions I'll a, yeah i'll i got a guy i played a guy at a tournament and he was just like yeah i guess you really just can't approach yoshi whenever you want it's like yeah no shit sherlock you can't approach <laughs> you can't, any character any, whenever you exactly. want exactly if you're playing against someone good you you can't just run up and do something you know that's not the way this game works yeah and why did i did the obvious thing i went with it i said <laughs> yeah you're right you can't just do that so i played falco and i destroyed him yes and like all i did was up tilt and shine out a shield and i just fucking killed him because that's it was all you great. need to do because he's just running at you and just like throwing yeah. things out so you just wait I know for what to he's do gonna, that and then punish I already him. know what you're going to do. Yeah. I'll just wait. It's not. It's a test of my patience, <laughs> not a test of your skill. You have no longer anything to do with this. <laughs> uh, what about PPMD fans? My thought on PPMD fans is PPMD fans are people whose fathers left them, and they still believe he'll come back someday. Maybe we should talk about something else. <laughs> okay, uh, Leffen fans. I think Leffen fans are people that fell in love with him for his trash talk and stayed in love with him because he beat H-Box. Yeah, I think part of that is, oh, we definitely need to talk about Hungerbox because yeah, I, like there's so many people who just flat out just hate this guy, you know? So the more, the more I like listen to Hungrybox and the more that I watch what he does and the more that i hear people talk about him the more i like him because it's hard to like hate like remember you're at in elementary school right did you hate the kid that was relentlessly bullied bullied no he's already got too much going on you don't hate him you feel bad for him now like hungry box has gotten to a point where he's just unapologetic which i like i hope he starts being an asshole like I more than before because he plays much more aggressive nowadays to the point where Jigglypuff where his sets are actually more fun to watch and you you get people like Hugs 
who tried to shit on HBox for looking at a watch, which I don't understand. All he did was look at a watch. Yeah. I think that was a terrible that was, take. That was pretty it's, dumb. It's hard to hate HBox after that because you're like, wow, maybe the community really is against him. And he goes to everything. And he goes really, and he plays really well. And he's like, I don't enjoy playing against Jigglypuff. I think Jigglypuff is really, really strong character in really, really stupid, non-interactive ways. But when it gets to that point, I have a hard time hating. I just, I think he gets, he gets too much shit for what he deserves, I'd say. No, I, I, I agree with that. Like, cause I, I like, I like what you said about like, I hope he becomes like, you know, just a jerk because I, I think yeah. like not just a jerk, but I hope he does become like more aggressive um, things like that because not not in his play style. I mean his personality. Like I want him to just own it because I get I get why he's like upset. I think he's been very dramatic in the past. You know, like he made a post one time on the um, SSBM subreddit saying that he was going to unsubscribe. You know, he was gonna like unfollow the. Um, I remember that post. Yeah, and like things like that. You you say to yourself, well. Like, why are you doing this? You know, like, we know that you're a victim. Like, everyone who is logical can see that Hungrybox has been the victim of a lot of hatred from the community. And no one's denying that. But the thing is, like, how you handle it is going to decide how you move forward. And you could say, well, just don't say anything. You know, like, just be, you know, if maybe if you be, people say things like this, maybe if you be quiet no one will have anything to, you know, whine about that you've done. And, you know, like you can say that, but, but also like, why would you do that? Like, why hide yourself? Why not just go like full on be yourself, you know, just, just, and if people, cause if everyone already hates you, then you have nothing to lose, you know? So it's not going to yeah. like, it's not going to hurt anyone to just be, just be more hungry box, like be, be yourself. That's that's the <laughs> that's what I'm saying today. This is a motivational podcast. Be yourself. Be yourself, Juan. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. Just do it. Just punch Leffen. Just really rock his jaw. Don't please don't do that. Don't actually do that. I would never. I would never advocate for violence against any Europeans, no matter how much they deserved it. Well, this podcast but, didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> We're yes. inciting so, riots in the melee community. <laughs> so the reason the reason I want HBox to be even more unapologetic than already is because I started doing that and it feels amazing. Yeah, this is what happened. I went to a tournament where a player named Kakame, player named Kakame was there, and he's a North Carolina player. He's very good, and I beat him. And he plays Falco and Ice Climbers, and I beat him by being super duper lame. And <laughs> it was on stream, and a lot of North Carolina players were in the chat. And they were not happy with me. And there was a player, I think it was Hi-Fi. I think he's a big player. I can't remember who it was, but they were. I went on stream to talk about it. And somebody was like, boo, get off the stream. And somebody was like, you lamed about. And I said, yeah, I did that. That's exactly what I did. What about it? And whenever they tried to talk, I just said, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I did. I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know what you want. And they eventually just stopped caring. They was like, wow, we can't. They stopped talking about it because they decided, well, we can't 
reach him in any way, I guess that we're not going to try to call him a lame anymore. And I've, I think that's how more people should be. I think that you should just play to win and just... For, uh, a lot of people are going to say a lot of things. And once you start caring about what people think, you've already lost. Yeah, I, I can get that. Because it's like, this is a game where, like... The term lame, I mean, and it's so subjective anyways. It could be just something that the person, like, the people don't like watching, you know. But if you're, like, you're, if you are pl- indeed playing to win, then you're going to be doing things that are going to be quote-unquote lame. Like, you cannot be 100%, you know, Mr. Fun Showman all the time. You know, you're, you're not going to be, like... It also comes to, like, a perception of playing lame. A lot of people who really hate it just think that playing lame is the easy way to play and it's super good and there's nothing you can do about it. None of those things are true. Uh, no, I've met a lot of I've met a lot of spaces. I play Yoshi for just for a reference. And a lot of spaces, a lot of players in general, I guess, just don't know the matchup. And they all they all kind of do the same thing. I'm gonna run away, I'm gonna laser, and then I'm gonna win. But how many runaway laser camp spaces do you think I've run into? A uh, good bit. Yeah, I know how to play around it, and it's not as easy as just running away and lasering. You have to make decisions when you're camping that are good decisions, and that isn't always the best thing because with almost every single character, I don't know about most low tiers, you can still put pressure on them while they're lasering. You can still make safe approaches no matter what, uh, regardless of whether you're Yoshi or not. Yeah, and a lot of people just think that playing lame will get you wins. It won't. Right. I I used to think that, especially me. Uh, somebody told me that one of the better ways for me to play would be just play more lame and you'll start doing better. And he was kind of right, but I took it in a wrong way. I took it in the way that meant if I play lame, then I will beat him and I will beat everybody and I will be the best. But what he more what he more was trying to convey to me was that I was playing too aggressive in unintelligent ways. You should still play aggressive in intelligent ways because if you're not willing to go at your opponent when they make a mistake or when you have an opening, you're not going to be able to capitalize on those. Mm-hmm. And it might you might not get very many openings, but the best players can make a lot off of one opening. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Like yeah, if you that's why, if you can't do anything off of an opening, then you you're bad. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like when that's you That's why ICs are so good. Yeah. You need exactly. one opening. That's it. Yeah. That's why Jigglypuff is so good. Right. When you play Fox against Jigglypuff, you're almost never not at kill percent. Right. Because you get up throw rest, you get up tilt rest, and then you're dead. Mm-hmm. And then the game just has to keep going. Yeah. And you have to realize that, and that actually helps you to play against those characters. Because when the punish game is so high, that's what helps. Like, if you know that once you get hit, like, you could die, you're going to play a lot safer. And you're going to be making a lot smarter decisions. You're not going to be running in. I mean, you could, but it wouldn't be a good idea. You're not going to be running in just like throwing out, you know, neutral air, stuff like that. You're going to be thinking a lot more. So it's good. Like, I think these people, I think people that play a lot against like, you know, spaces and I, I mean, this goes for any character, though. Like when you're really good at a character, like you should be taking those openings all the way. Like in theory, you should be trying to kill someone with every opportunity that you get because that's literally the point of the game so you brought up yoshi i want to talk about this because yoshi as a character i feel like is very mysterious <laughs> and i know i i really <laughs> that's think one that way to put it because it's like 
I, I watch Melee a lot. Like, I watch tournaments as much as I can, even though I don't play very much anymore. I still watch, and it does actually help my game. I actually improve a lot when I've been watching. But anyways, um, Yoshi is a character that I just can't, like, get a grip on. Like, I don't understand the, the peaks and, like, the weaknesses. Like, you... It feels like Yoshi has a really high peak to me. Like, Yoshi could be very, very good, but then it's sometimes, like, you just watch Yoshi just get, like, destroyed, and you're like, well, like, that's that's not good at all. Like, and so I feel like there are these really high, you know, like, there's this huge variance of the, the, um, like, I don't know where Yoshi goes. Like, that's the thing. Like, what is Yoshi? <laughs> So Yoshi is a top Yoshi's a top tier character. He's top ten at the bare minimum. He's really, really good. The problem is he has some really, really big flaws that make it hard to play as him. Okay. But overall, he's a very good character. Uh if you know what hurts Yoshi, if you know how to play against him, you have a distinct advantage. Mm -hmm. His absolute worst matchups are six four. I used to think his the Sheik Yoshi matchup was like seven three in Sheik's favor. Yeah. But now that I've learned more ways to like just not get grabbed and not get chain grabbed, more ways to work around Sheik, I've realized it's realistically like 55-45 in Sheik's favor. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. Yoshi doesn't have any terrible matchups. I'd say his worst matchups are Peach and Fox. And even those, he's got stuff. So you would say, because you used to say that Falco is a really bad one. Would you say that Fox is a worse, worse matchup than Falco? Fox is definitely a worse matchup than Falco. Why is that? I have no doubt in my mind. Because Fox can work around Yoshi's strengths better. He can exploit Yoshi's weaknesses better. All right, one of Yoshi's weaknesses are his defensive options. Parry is pretty good. But if you know how to work around parry, even if you get parried, it can be hard to capitalize it. For example, uh, against Falco, if Falco does a lazy dare, Yoshi can just parry and then nair. If Falco does a really lazy dare... He can just parry and double jump cancel dare immediately so it gets back on the ground. But if Falco does a delayed dare so that he hits Yoshi really close to the ground and Yoshi does a double jump cancel, it's extremely hard to get the double jump cancel there before Falco gets his shield up. Mm -hmm. I believe it's possible, but it's very, very difficult. You have to be really, really fast. And you can't parry on reaction. You have to parry on a read. Right. Falco's got a lot of ways to mix up the timings on his aerials, which is a big deal, especially against parrying. Against Fox, he doesn't have to deal with that. Fox's dare just plain beats parrying. So Yoshi has to find a way to beat Drill without ever parrying. Mm -hmm. He could shield, but we all know how that works out. Uh, <laughs> Yoshi can't jump out of shield and his yeah. role is terrible. Yeah. See, and those Fox, are the things that I was thinking of. Like, the weaknesses that Yoshi has are just so, like, it's, yeah, it baffles me sometimes. But, and yet Yoshi, he's really, really good at the same time. Uh, he is very good because even Fox is probably his worst matchup. On a, on a theoretical level, Fox is probably his worst matchup. He can do the most to Yoshi. And it's still not that bad. Yoshi could still find a way, ways around Drill. Double jump, cancel stuff, go forward and backward. Go backwards, then back forward with double jump, cancel. You can move or you can basically filter your double jump into your dash stance to extend it, which is really hard for Fox to cover. Mm -hmm. Even if he does cover it, there's a chance that Yoshi, he just gets hit with a double jump armor and flies away, resets back to neutral. Mm -hmm. He's got a really good combo game against Fox. I actually like FD against Spacey's now because if I get that one impactful hit, I know I can change the whole course of the game. 
because at the end of the day, it's still Spacey's against a combo-heavy character yeah. on Final Destination. Mm-hmm. If I get him popped up, if I get him in the air, and I get my and my combo game is on point, I can sh- I can take a stock right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's true. One of Yoshi's biggest obstacles is breaking shield. Uh, his grab. Everybody knows about his grab. <laughs> it's not just that the dash the dash grab goes into the z-axis it's also that it has terrible frame data it has a lot of startup lag much a significant amount more than most other characters it has a lot of ending lag a significant amount more than most of the other characters i believe his standing and shield grab have more startup lag than every other character it has 18 frames of startup lag for reference the average human reaction time is 13 frames if you know what you're looking for you can react to yoshi's standing grab on site mm-hmm. yeah uh so breaking shield very difficult uh neutral b does help with that but it only does so much when you're in the neutral b you take half damage from attacks so if you get neutral b into nair which is what you'll usually get with somebody trying to mash out really quickly you'll get like 12 percent, which can be pretty big but eh you could it also helps with tomahawking mm-hmm. um yoshi but here's the thing Yoshi has a good combo game on every single character. Every single character. Uh, Jigglypuff, you get if you get a full hit on back air, you immediately get an up air. So that's like that you can take her from zero to thirty with one read, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, for Peach, back air again works really well. The only bad thing about back air is how little priority is and how bad the hitbox is. <laughs> it loses to everything. I actually have a rule. One of the ways that I got better at melee was I gave myself rules. I used to... Chris can vouch for this. How often did I lose stocks because I messed up an egg stall? Oh, yeah. So it was like... All the time. It was, I would say, an average of two stocks per game, which every game has four stocks. So he was losing 50% of his stocks to himself. Like yeah. every single game. One, one of the things that I did was I gave myself a rule. I said, all right, you can egg stall three times, but then you have to get off the ledge. And this is one of the ways it got good. So I'd egg stall, I'd throw three eggs. I was like, okay, now I have to get off. I could do a slow get up, I could roll, or I could get good at ledge dashing. Mm-hmm. And giving myself those rules helped a lot. Yeah. And I actually have a rule that's only against Falco now. No back airs against Falco. Because it has never once worked well in my life. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, Falco can just use any move and beat back air. And then he's put in a very adva- advantageous position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. For the, for the record, I'm not that good. I might get PR'd this season. I have some <laughs> PR wins. I beat Machu, who's five. I beat Connor twice, who's eight. I beat Panko, who's not PR'd anymore. But I beat Butch, who's seven. But I'm not that good. Hey, you gold to it. I, I'd say that you've improved so so much. Like if if you guys, I wish you guys could see when this man first started. Like yeah, that's because you, he, that's because <laughs> you played against me literally day one. That's that day the thing. About like me, I've seen that was him my... grow. I've seen like the progression from the the man who played Falco and would suicide dare off stage every single and stock. it was awesome it was sick except when you missed yeah <laughs> which then, was most of the time and then now you're like you're like actually playing the game <laughs> like that's you're actually like competitive and you're doing very it only, well it only took me like four years hey i i mean a lot of people play for a lot longer than that and don't do anything so 
Me, I me included. Just, just saying. So you baited out of pools at Bad Moon Rising too. <laughs> after just not that practicing for like minutes. three months. <laughs> but that's why I said like, like watching things like that helps a lot. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I am oh. not good at this game. Okay, but I do enjoy watching the game, and it has, it does improve my skill level a lot. But also, you can't beat just playing against people. Like, there's nothing that can beat that, you know? No, you really can't. Yeah. There, I think I honestly would be better if I had stayed at App and just kept playing against you. I Yeah, it, like, the community there is really, like, people are usually, I feel like they're kind of surprised that Boone has such a, like, it's not many people, but the people there are all really solid, I'd say. Well, not all, but most of them are very solid players. And so it's a good community to, like, be around. Everyone, you know, you know, like Tristan was talking about, like, everyone knows each other. You know, everyone, they're all kind of friends in some way or another. So it's it's just a really fun community to be in. And that promotes the growth of yourself and of the community. The Boone Melee community was my first introduction to any sort of Melee community. And, I mean, I still play. So, and then I have the South Carolina Smash community and the Columbia community, the upstate community. I really like the upstate community because no matter what, no matter what happens, they'll always have something to cheer about for each other. <laughs> I remember I was on the Discord and there's a guy talking about Louie, who's a Falco, very good Falco in at, uh, Clemson, South Carolina. And somebody was talking about Louie. He's like, yeah, Louie shortened exactly one time against me. And all of Upstate started going, let's go, shorten master. <laughs> and at the Arcadian, there were a couple of Upstate players. There's this one named Spaceman. And Upstate decided to bring signs for each other to cheer each other on. They asked Spaceman what he wanted. And they were going to put it on a sign. And Spaceman said, I don't want a gay-ass sign. So they put a sign that says, I don't want a gay-ass sign, quote from Spaceman. <laughs> in some ways, I wish the Columbia, I live in Columbia, I wish that Columbia could be more like that. I think that Machu has cheered for me exactly once, and then I immediately lost, so I think he's just lost faith in me. <laughs> that was it. That was your one chance, and you blew it. <laughs> and it was like a year ago, too, so I blew it a long time ago. <laughs> Ever since, it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's, it's been bad. I, he doesn't even look me in the eyes anymore when he play. I do like this community. It's, it's something. I think that it's kind of weird, like, I guess I'm relevant in the South Carolina Smash community now. I'm definitely not relevant to Melee as a whole, but I'm relevant in South Carolina. People know who I am when I don't know who they are, which is weird. That is let weird. Me tell you a, let me tell you a story. I went to a tournament called Give It a Rest. It was in Charleston, and I played against a guy named Niceness, and he was a, I had never played him before, never heard of him. I believe he's a Smash 4 player that's transitioning into Melee. He plays Fox. Okay, I know how to play against Fox, and I beat him. It's close. It's very close. He played really well. It was like last stock, last hit, both games. We I two owed him, and uh, it's like okay, beat niceness. Who is this guy? Never heard of him before. Whatever. I gotta get ready for my next matchup. I'm playing friendly with people, getting ready to play against a different player, and I hear niceness behind me, and he's talk. People are asking him, "Was like how'd you do?" And he goes, "Did pretty well." It's so weird. I didn't expect I'd do that well against Dev Man Walking. Oh. And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I was like. He's still, because like, I was like, okay, I got to play against niceness. Who is this guy? And he goes, I hear, hey, Dev. I look behind me, expecting to see somebody I know. And I see this guy I've never seen before in my life. And I was like, hi, you, what's up? And he goes, we have to play. And I was like, I got to play against niceness. 
And he goes, yeah, that's me. I was like, oh, uh, cool. <laughs> he just knew who I was. Yeah. And I, it all kind of started, I guess, at Clemson Smash Series. I believe it was 15. I got two pretty good wins there. I beat Panko, who was number nine on the PR at the time. And I beat Keenan, who was number three on PR at the time. And uh, pretty big wins for me. At that point, I think everybody kind of knew who I was and knew that I could beat a Marth or a PR player if I was playing really well and they were not playing really well. And it was a best of three. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's kind of weird being relevant in a community. I go into the Discord and people talk to me and <laughs> people just know me and people are like, man, I really want to play Dev Man Walking. And I'm just like, wait, why? Yeah. Why do you want to do that? <laughs> I'm not good practice for you. And I, a person said that they were nervous to play me. And I, why? <laughs> See, that's the thing. Have it's you, like it's like a small version. It's like almost like being a celebrity of some sort. It's such a weird, I don't know. It's such a weird concept. Yeah, it's like, because I'm not PR'd. I'm not even that close to being PR'd. I might be PR'd this season just because there were so few tournaments. And the tournaments I went to, I made top eight might be pr there's like a 50 50 shot i have some good wins but like i i still don't consider myself that good i don't even like around when i first uh came to south carolina there's a guy named foster good friend of mine a really nice guy he's a smash four player he plays ICs in melee and he used to always beat me and at one point i just kind of started beating him Mm -hmm. we went from him always beating me and me just like getting bought by him to like us going back and forth yeah and i haven't dropped a game to him in about six months i'd beat him like uh pretty pretty heavily now even though now he knows how to wobble and now he's even better at the game now i just i really just beat him pretty badly and uh not to say anything he's he's pr'd in our smash in our smash 4 pr he's actually very very good at smash 4 he's Mm -hmm. not a melee player at all but uh, i was talking to another guy who's also good friends with foster and he said, yeah, Foster mentioned you. He was like, you used to be a guy that Foster would look forward to play playing because he would beat you. But now he hates playing against you because he, feel like he, he feels like he just has no chance. Yeah. And that was shocking to me because uh, now it's uh, – there's another guy named Butch LeFou. Uh, he, one of the, he was the first person I ever played in a best of five set at a big tournament. I went to a Sunday smash off at Ready to Play. Mm-hmm. And I did well enough. And I beat enough people that I got to best of five, and I played against Butch. It was a very quick 3-0. He was PR'd at the time. He still is PR'd. He plays Falco, which is, even though that's a match I'm very familiar with, it's a matchup he is also very familiar with. He, uh, there was a player named Yoshido, who was in South Carolina before I was. He doesn't play much anymore. Very good Yoshi that uh, LeFou used to play. So he knew the matchup really well, and he exposed me. I'm not going to front. I got bodied. People watched. It was... Three, three stocks back to back, really quick games, Dang. two, three minutes tops. And I beat him recently. Yes. And we went from like, and he's even better now. He's higher ranked on the PR. He considers, I believe he said he's, he thinks he's better than when we first started playing. And I beat him. I don't know like what's going on, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, I guess I'm getting better, but I don't feel like I'm that much better. I really don't. Well, that's, that's something I, that you, you see in lifting as well is that, there's there's not a point like and in a lot of things there's it's it's hard to look back and be like hey i'm like you can't look at yourself and be like i'm better like you you just see the results like in the gym for example like when you're lifting weights like 
it still feels like I was talking about this with my friend Thomas. Like you, you still feel like you're straining even harder, like when you're lifting more weight, but it's moving now. Like it, it doesn't get, it doesn't feel like it gets easier. Like 200 pounds is still, you know, when you're benching 200 pounds is still like pretty heavy, you know, like as humans. Yeah, dude, I, I bench 200 all the time. <laughs> but when, but when you're like, when you're moving that weight, like you're just, it, it's suddenly like happening. Like, it's not like you're like, oh wow, this is easy, you know, which does happen on some days when you're just like feeling really good. But I, I think that's, that's why it's good to like look back at where you were before, because sometimes it's hard to realize and like be self-aware and be like, hey, look, I've improved a lot, you know, because you can't really see that. You only see the results of that. Yeah, it's I remember uh, when I was in high school, I took a weightlifting class, I wanted to get bigger and I couldn't bench 115 pounds, which is like the 35 pound things. Right. Nowadays, I don't even bother warming up with 115 mm-hmm. pounds. Straight to I one plate. I go straight from one bar to one plate to 185, and then I start my sets. Yeah. Which is even 70 pounds heavier, which is, I mean, and I don't feel like, I guess, I know I'm bigger, but I don't feel that much bigger than I was like a year ago or when I first went to App State. Mm-hmm. I know I am, but like Chris... Chris had some weird delusions that I was bigger than him now. Which oh, I love bringing up. He one hundred percent is like, I I was sitting next to him like in the car for maybe eight hours or something like when we were driving when we were going to that tournament, and um yeah there's there's a definite size difference now which was very depressing because I had actually gone on a cut which means that you're a cal- caloric deficit so you're eating less you know so I was shrinking in size and Tristan had been eating more so he had been growing. And like, yeah, it was kind of depressing because I had always been bigger, <laughs> and then you, I suddenly wasn't. Still, don't don't listen don't listen to this clown. He still is bigger. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I mean I look solid with my shirt off, but like when I'm wearing a shirt, I'm just. But anyways, we're getting off topic here. That's that's like the the reality of natty lifting. Yeah, it's that when you're bulking, you look thick in a shirt. Yeah, you're you're but you look filling out the you sleeves. Fat, you know, you look fat out of one. <laughs> yeah, when you take but your shirt you're, off, you're like a mashed potato dinner. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but then you you take you go on a cut and you get these sick ab veins. Yeah, and you're all vascular and shit. But then you put on a shirt and you just look like any other D Y E L. Your neck is like tiny and you just look. <laughs> You're just you're just a civilian. Yeah, you hate that. <laughs> and it's it's similar to melee. Like uh, you were talking about how you feel like you're straining even harder yeah. with weight you couldn't lift before. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying harder with melee now. Right. I remember I used to back when I wasn't as good. If I went more than two and two at a local, I just felt tired. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was out of it because I was trying so hard. Now, if I go more than two and two, I feel like I'm gonna die. I feel like I could just fall asleep in my chair. Uh-huh. I feel like I have to try so much harder yeah. to keep up any kind of a level. Because now it's like, I feel like I can lose to more people in a certain way. Because I feel like I'm worse in some ways, which sucks. Because before, I did the same thing every time. and I, I did, and But now it's like, I try to play around my opponent. And I try to figure things out. And a lot of times, it doesn't work out. You're thinking I'm not, constantly. Like, you're emotionally... Yeah invested so much and also another thing is now you have like a standard for yourself when we all first start doing something like you said when you first started benching like 
115, you're like, hey, I'm lifting more than 100 pounds. You know, like that was that, you know, that's pretty cool. But you like you look around at the other people in the gym and you're like, well, I can get better. And then there's like there's always that point, you know, like always getting better, getting better. I don't know, like the the progress is just really hard to follow up with. And, and so then you have a standard for yourself. When you go to a tournament, you're like two and two is like average. Like that's solid. That's good. You know, like I won two, but I lost two. It's it's okay. You're literally the definition of average. But then it's like if you went zero and two, then you're like, well, that's, you know, at when you first started, that was like, well, you know, I lost. That sucks. But then now it's like, wow, why did I do so much worse? Because now you have a standard. You know what I'm saying? That actually that actually just happened to me at the last local. There's a new guy from Missouri who's pretty good. Uh-huh. He, I like him a lot. He's a good player, but we have played twice. We're one and one right now. The first time we played, I smacked him. Uh-huh. I 3-0'd him. It was a pretty quick set. I was doing a lot of different stuff. And the second time, I lost 2-1. And uh, it was because... The first set he played Fox and Falcon, and I beat both of them. The second play, the second game he played Marth, and Marth is Yoshi's best matchup. Yeah. And I didn't take it seriously. I lost game one, and I smacked him game two. And then game three, I was just like, I was out of it. I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I not? I wasn't playing well. Why am I missing so much? Why am I doing so much bad stuff? Mm-hmm. And it was last stock, last. I brought it back from a three stock deficit to last stock, last hit. And I was like, I'm one hit away from losing. And now that people know me, people are going to talk about it. Right, exactly. That's the horrible thing about getting like relevant in the scene. If I lose to anybody who I shouldn't lose to, it is now a thing that people talk about in South Carolina, which I sort of hate, but also but it's, it's a way to keep good. myself honest. Yeah, pushes and, you. And like this thought popped into my head right before I lost. And because I haven't been playing super duper well lately. I haven't been like as motivated as I could be. This just little thought popped into my head and it's just like, maybe this is the reality check that I need. Maybe this is like, maybe I deserve this. Yeah. I haven't been putting it because he told me like I studied our set and I think I learned a lot and I said, oh, that's good, dude. Uh, good luck. And I was like, maybe this is the reality check that I need. I need to work harder because now that I've, now that I've gotten to this position, people, I'm on stream sometimes, you know people can see me play they can watch me play they can look at the things that i do wrong of which there are many and it's i think that was the reality check that i needed and i think i'd have the mentality to like try harder yeah kind of it's like because the better i get the more i have to do to get even better exactly and the standard just keeps going up because i remember Remember, we talk about this a lot. Do you remember when you first started lifting and you could bench whatever you wanted and you would still put on five to ten pounds right. and match back so the easy. next week? Now I have to like get a lot of reps, a lot of sets, and try really hard and push myself and eat perfectly right. or I will lose strength. Yeah. And now if I don't practice every day, I'm not on net play, I don't review film, I'm going to do horrible the next weekly Right. because it's, I'm just not doing enough. I can't imagine how much Armada needs to do. I know. Exactly. Holy moly. Armada, what about Leffitt? Yeah. Holy crap. He's, he, you know, he got that good in like five years. Yeah. I'm only one year off. Yeah. Did he have this? That's another thing. When we were talking about like the, the natural skill level, things like that, like sometimes that's not fair to bring up. Like sometimes it just shouldn't be said because the people that are at the top 
have all worked extremely hard. You know, like no one just gets there. You know, no one just like shows up one day and just like, you know, maybe at the beginning when melee was first occurring, some people could just show up and win. And that, that was just the way it was. But in a modern, like the modern take on melee, you there's no way you can just walk into a tournament and like not practice and still like beat everyone. You just can't do that. You know, you have to practice this game. You have to know what you're doing and you have to be analyzing and thinking. Yeah, that's why I said skill is better than talent, Chris. Are you agreeing with me now? I, I agree with you in that statement, but you said that talent is not a factor. And it, I, I really don't think it is. I don't think like if you took the most talented player in the entire world when they first started out and put them against the average player that works hard, I think the average player would smoke them. I disagree. I just the the thing that the thing that's bad about this, and we could have a whole podcast, like a whole episode, just on this debate. But yeah, this that would actually be a good idea. We should probably do that. Yeah, let's save this for then, and we yeah. can both come up with our own talking points for it. Yeah, it's there's just skill levels, and there's just levels to this. Yeah. I want to I want to go back in time and just start playing melee again. So I have all four years to just get better again. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. You shouldn't I, think of it that if I could way. Go back in, if I could go back in time, like back to my freshman year, <laughs> I would rock Boone's world. I would. Ooh. Ooh, I'd get everybody. Don't think of it as like lost time. Because it all has come into like building you up to this point. You know what I'm saying? And it will continue to build up to the next point. Because I, I do that sometimes like when we talked about lifting or with like tennis. I played tennis for a very long time. I played it for more than half my life. And so to say like, you know, to look back and be like, wow, when I started, I should have been extremely serious about this and put all of my heart into it. Well, you know, I could have, and I would have been a lot better for it. But then I can look back and also say, hey, now I know that I need to work harder. And I've learned a lot of things along the way. And I think that's something that you should do and a lot of players should do, no matter what you're competitive in, is to think back and say, hey, it wasn't lost time because now I know better. And that's probably the most important thing. Well, the reason the reason I think of it as lost time is because I know I'm not trying as hard as I could be. I know that I'm a very lazy person. I willingly admit that. I know that I'm not doing as much as I could because I, I want to be good at melee. But more than I want to be good at melee, I want to goof off, which I don't like. I know I'm I am losing time. I'm I'm losing time because I don't do as much as I could. And that's that's true for everything, for melee, for soccer, for school. I'm a lazy person. I know I could be like practicing at least an hour a day, going on net play every single day, recording all of my net play sets, reviewing them, writing stuff down. I know I could be doing that. And I a part of me wants to do that, but there's a much bigger, louder part of me that is lazy. Yeah, and doesn't want to do that. Exactly. And there's a part of that in all of us, though. Yeah. And I, it's hard to reconcile that because like because I was do I really want to be good or do I like the idea of being good? Because right. Armada, here's the thing. It's like I think a lot of people like the idea of getting in shape, but they hate being in shape because being in shape is like think about like New Year's resolutions, right? Everybody wants to lose weight. Yeah. But they like the idea of losing weight, but they don't want to do it. Right. Because what is losing weight? It's eating at a caloric deficit and working out. Yeah. And that is the reality of losing weight. It's actually almost, it almost has nothing to do with the amount of weight that you actually lose. It's about what you do to do it, what you do to lose it. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter how much you lose. If you do it right, 
you will hit your goals. And it's, I trying to reconcile this, like, do I really want to be good at melee? Or do I like the idea of being good at melee? Because I think Armada wanted to be good at melee. Yeah. I think Mango and Leffen, they wanted to be good at melee. Of and course. I think I, by com- I think I, by comparison, like the idea of it. And I don't want yeah. to be good more than I want to goof off. You got to want it like, like you got to want it more than anything else, you know? And that, that brings me to like, you know, what is really important? Like, should I just like, it's like, I had this thought. It's like, okay, if I really don't want to be good at melee and I just like the idea of it, why do I keep going? Why do I go to tournaments? Cause I'm not making money. Yeah. I very rarely get into the money. I, you know, I just barely started like placing well at locals. And even then I'm not making all the money that I spend back. That's not even taking factors like gas into account. Mm-hmm. They still have to pay to go. And it's so like, why do I play? And I think what I said on this, like a part of me really wants to be good at melee. However, it is blocked by my bad habits. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. That, that carries over to a lot of things. Like there are, I, I thought about, or I saw something the other day when someone was talking about bodybuilding in general, and you know, of course, this goes into many other things. But you know, the burst, the person who has the like the best genetics in the world probably never touched a weight in their life, and and you think about stuff like that. You you think That's about true. like maybe the be- the person who could have been the best melee player has never even heard of the game, you know, and. And that's the thing where, like, oh, well, you know, that makes me sad. Well, no. Like, that's just the way life works. You know, you, you can't expect everyone to, you know, have an interest even in that thing. Like, I knew I knew this guy in – well, this goes back to our debate before, but I, I, I just want to, like, finish this off with this. I knew this guy in middle school who was extremely good at uh, drawing already in middle school, much better than me, and he never did anything with it. Like, he was highly skilled and – He's that way in a lot of other things, like he makes music, things like that. But he, it's just like he never was interested in it. He didn't want it enough. So that was it. That was the lost potential. And that's just the way life works, you know. And that's kind of sad, but, you know, the the people who do work hard will improve. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a cast if we, if you, that if you was think good. that's a cast. That's a wrap. Yeah. All right. All right, we're famous now.